Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Kicking off hour number three of the show. Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond Cotton, he's behind the wheels of steel. Your boy Q here. One hour long, one hour strong. Coming up at 4.30, Sam Gordon from the RJ will join us. Talk all things Raiders. Also dip into a little bit of the fight game as well. Uh, just heard from head coach Josh Daniels. We'll hear from Mad Max Crosby, Trayvon Merrick, Josh Jacobs. Uh, anticipate to hear from all those guys coming up this hour as they were in the Raiders locker room. Vinny Bonsignor sent us over a lot of audio, so we'll try to get to as much as possible. And as I mentioned, we just heard from head coach Josh Daniels and Vegas Pete hit us up up on the text line at 69187 keyword R&R. He said, I hear coaches Midwest roots. He says, you know a lot. That's totally Midwest jargon. That's from Vegas Pete. And he does. He says, you know a lot. The other thing he does a lot, and this is not exclusive to him, but it's one of my biggest pet peeves. And it's so funny whenever I chop up audio and uh, you know use it either on the show or the podcast, I'll cut it out because it drives me crazy. But when guys smack like this, when they're talking, talking, then go, can you hear that? Can you? Yes, I can hear that. Yeah, it just, for me, it drives me crazy. And the reason why it drives me crazy, I never used to notice it before. I didn't, right? It was one of those things that I never paid attention to, but there was a coach that was a interim coach at Baylor. After Art Browse got fired, they had their next coach come in. His name was Jim Grobe. Good guy, right? He, uh, he, he did yeoman's work. Basically, he was... You know, just a good dude to try to buffer everything that was going on with all the bad that was going on with Baylor. And it was in between it was in between Bryles and Matt Rule. And his name was Jim Grobe. And every two seconds, DeMond, no joke, every two seconds while he was talking, you would hear. And it used to drive me crazy. And my co-host, Craig Smoke, knew it drove me crazy. So when he would talk, he would do that on purpose. Because he knew I'd be standing there and we like we're listening to a Jim Grove presser and all of a sudden he'd smack and I go, Ugh, it drives me crazy. So I hear that, but so many people do it. And when and, and you'll notice it now that I bring it up, you'll notice it more. And you'll say, Oh yeah, that happens all the time. That I honestly, I'll go through it and I'll cut that out so you so you don't hear it on something that I play. I'm not saying you have to, I'm just saying that that's what I do. Cause it drives me crazy. Bothers you that much, huh? Oh, it does. It does. You know how you know how you're just, you know, you have pet peeves? Like, people have stupid pet peeves, and I know I have a ton of stupid pet peeves. Like, for example, um, I, I don't use a pen that doesn't have a cap on it. Like, you won't catch me using a pen that ha- doesn't have a cap. I just won't. I just think that that's weird. And a lot of people will say, well, Q, you're not writing with your pen in, or with the cap anyway. And I go, I know. But the dynamic and the, the weight of the pen is wrong if you, don't have a pen, if you don't have a cap on it. So unless it's a clicky pen, I'm not using it. So if you just give me a pen, like say, Q, can you sign this? And it's just the pen with no cap, I won't do it. At all. Do you want to take the? Do you want to be the one to take the cap off? No, I just want to have a normal pen and a pen. Ha- I told you, pet peeves are stupid, but that's what that's what I do. So, if, what about a twisty bottom pen? Um, I don't know. I just use look. Get them away from me. Look, look. See how this pen is? See, yes. It has a cap, right? That's what I do. And if it doesn't, I've literally thrown pens away, and people got mad at me. Why would you throw it away? I said it's broken. It doesn't have a cap. And they're like, well, that's my pen. I was like, oh, whatever. Don't give it to me then. I mean, I'm very particular. I got one time. I know this is going way on the other end. One time when I was at Q97 in Fresno, I was still kind of a young, young cat in the game. No, I wasn't that young. I was doing afternoons at the point, so I wasn't that young. We had this, uh, this lady that worked upstairs. 
named Yvette. And she, I was on the air doing my show and she came down into the studio, which one, she wasn't supposed to, but she came down to the studio, put a piece of paper in front of me, told me to sign it. And so I took the pen that I had in studio because I'm very particular and I signed it. And I was already angry because she came into the studio while I'm on the air and I'm very particular about my show. So I kind of slammed the paper down and I slammed the pen down next to it. She took the pen with, with her, right? So she took my pen with the cat with her and went upstairs. All right, no, no harm, no foul. I asked for caller 10 for something. Someone called in. I went down to write their information down and I didn't have a pen. Oh, I lost my blank. I lost my blank. I was so angry that she took my pen and there was no pens. And so I started yelling upstairs because her, her office was right above the studio. So I started yelling and kind of like when I was banging on the, the wall here and everything started falling off the walls, I was doing that. And she came running down and she's like, what are you yelling at? I said, you took my pen. And I didn't say it like that. I used a couple other words. I was like, you took my pen. And she's like, cute. There's like five right there. And I said, none of those have caps. I'm not using them. And she's like, oh, you're, you're stupid. And she didn't say it in those words either. She used a, lot, a bunch of expletives. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Next thing I know, about 20 minutes later, she came downstairs with a whole box mm-hmm. of pens with tops. And she slammed them on the desk and goes, here, here's your blank and pens. And I go, cool. <laughs> like, that's all I wanted. I just wanted my pen with my cap on it. Is that too much to ask? You shouldn't have been in the studio anyway. I didn't go to your desk and take your stuff. I, it made sense in my world, dog. It made sense. I know it doesn't make sense in your world right now. Nope. It makes all the sense in the world to me. I'm very, I'm very my mother-like. My mom's like, don't put that on me. <laughs> She's very particular about her stuff, and I am too. So, I'm, you know, it's like a process. So I just have to have a pen with a cap on it. That's just one of my dumb pet peeves. I know I have some, but I can't think of anything right now that would bother me that much. Big Dub Raider hit us up on the text line. AQ, to your smacking point, Lupe Fiasco does this particular Breathe in between raps and it drives me crazy. LO, I know it's weird. Go Raiders. See, I'm telling you, it's weird stuff. It's weird. You know, another thing that drives me crazy is not having chapstick. If I leave the house and I don't have my chapstick, I will pull over to the nearest convenience store and I'll buy another thing of chapstick. I promise you, it drives me crazy. Again, weird. I know. I have a plenty of weirdo tendencies and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I embrace them. That makes me not weird. As long as you embrace them, if you fight them, then there's a problem. But if you just, you know, it's kind of like lean into the curve. Just, you know, lean into the curve. Don't overcorrect. Just, you're all good. Oh, see, look, here's another one. Oh, no. From the 408, my God, Q, that bugs me too so much. You're the only guy who doesn't do that on the radio. Heidi and JT do that the loudest all the time, and I can't on the radio. It's funny. Nobody notices that. Like, I bet you they don't even notice it. I bet you they don't even notice. It, But it drives me crazy. It absolutely drives me crazy. Whenever you hear that, it's like, oh, my God. Got another text. I wish you can cut out all the times he says, um, (laughs) that's a lot. That is a lot. Anyway, with all that being said, Uh (laughs) we just opened up a whole nother can of worms. Everybody's going to be texting in about their pet peeves about people. I'm just saying it just, it happened. Everyone has them. I know people have their pet peeve with me. I have no doubt. I mean, that's just what it is. We all have weird isms that we do or we react to. It's just it's just who we are. It's what makes us who we are. The more that we keep talking, the more some are starting to come come to mind. What's up? Take and, one. And stuff. Like when people just use the word stuff. Yeah. Where it's, you know, oh man, there was some crazy stuff going on. I like, I don't want to bog down a conversation, mm-hmm. but for me, well, what's the stuff? Just tell us. There you go. What's See? the and stuff? Like, you, and you oh, don't think that that's weird, right? All this stuff. And it's like, well, tell us what the stuff is. But does it like bother you? 
A little bit, but yeah. uh, it depends on who I'm talking to. If I know you well enough, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop you and be like, well, tell me what the stuff is. <laughs> but if not, I'm just going to keep it to myself and be like, well, what the hell is this stuff that so-and-so right. is talking about? Right. See? There you go. I'm telling you, everyone has pet peeves that drive them crazy that they just, you know, and it's it's usually exclusive to them. It's usually not one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, huh, I get it. No, it's just it's just it's just who we are. We can't help ourselves. Got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray Q. I totally feel you on chapstick. If I don't have chapstick on me, I flip it out. I flip out. I'd rather have my chapstick with me than my iPhone. That's the truth. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. Fargo Raider said Q and Demon. Uh, what about a click pen? And I have to turn the tab on my soda, uh, or it doesn't sit right. Now that's weird. <laughs> Just kidding, Fargo. <laughs> Fargo's like, wait, hold on. Why Why is it exclusively for me that it's weird? Hey, we didn't say we weren't going to judge people. We no. didn't say that. No. Hey, I'm I'm a judger. <laughs> That's what I do. I judge. Yeah. <laughs> 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Red Rock in Seoul, Korea. Hey, Red Rock. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, what's up? Uh, I've been reluctant to call in because of the, the record and all, but this topic kind of got me to call in. <laughs> I know that's right. Yeah. Um, look, I'm, I'm with you. I, I actually refuse to use those disposable pens, period. Boom. There you go. You know, like the big for the paper mates. Yeah. I carry like I carry like good pens that I like, you know, whatever, fountain pens or roller pens. I, I don't like ballpoints as a whole because you have to press down too hard and it's hard to write and you get writer's prep. But I just refuse to use the disposable, so I don't have to worry about the losing the caps anymore. There you go. There you go. See, Raider yeah. Rock. Thank you for the call. How's your job? How's your job uh, at Nike going? Uh, I didn't forget about great. that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very busy, but great. Uh, as, you, as you might imagine, a, a sports fanatic working at a sports apparel company is, is uh Living the dream. Yeah, hey, man. Not, not as big a dream as you, but yeah, you know. <laughs> hey, well, keep it up, man. Thanks thanks for the call. I appreciate you. And yeah, I just ordered another pair of Nike since I ruined my uh, Nikes. I, uh, I was playing in Friday night against Vegas Jess. I'm not going to ever forget that. Thanks, Jess. Messed up my Nikes. Uh, got a text, 69187, keyword r Who knew this was going to be a subject? But it is. That's how it happens sometimes. We just fall into these things. This one says, when Carr says, you know, he says that a lot. He absolutely does. Uh, Fargo Raider hit us up again. Uh, my pet peeve is talking on the phone. Hate it. You guys are the only ones, the few calls I can make. There you go. Uh, got a text from the 408. I've been told that people outside of the Bay hate that we say hella all the time. That's funny. That is funny. And I've t- and you know what I, I learned about that phrase, hella? Because I did think that I was a Bay Area thing only. It's not. Tashawn Reed, who's from the Lou, St. Louis, he said, we say hello all the time. I had no idea. I mean, obviously, I'm not from St. Louis. Hell, I don't think I've ever been to St. Louis. But he said, we say it all the time. I didn't know that because my natural just growing up in the Bay, that's all we knew. So I said hello all the time. When I got to Texas and I started saying hello, people were like, oh, yeah, he's not from here. There's no doubt he's not from here. Nobody says that. And then over the time that I was there, I just kind of – it just went away. I just stopped saying it because, well, I'm not around anyone else who says it. And man, oh man, I'm back, baby. <laughs> For me, it's that no one says Maine, so I can't call anybody Maine. I used to mess with my mom all the time. I used to mess with my mom all the time. What's up, Maine? Hey, Maine. Say, Maine. And I, I, I used to use, I used to say that as kind of my grandfather used to say it, not quite like that. Like he didn't put extras on it like that, but that's, 
you know, my grandfather's an old school cat, man. He was a cool dude. So he'd be like, hey, man. You know, but he, he wouldn't say it with extra extras on it. When I said it, I put extras on it. Like, you know, what's up, man? What's up? Hey, hey yo, man, what up? You know, you're like, I would have fun with it. I, and I used to mess with my mom all the time. Well, you know what I'm saying, man? Hey, man. Hey, yo, yo. You know, so that, that was just me, though. That was just me acting a fool. Shocking. I did that every once in a while, right? Acting a fool. But yeah, there you go. Look at that. I mean, what kind of <laughs> can of worms did we just open? Ray Rock though that was he that was, was very specific one. with the pins. No, he's yeah he's got some good pins. He's got some good taste. I ain't mad at him. Hell, it made him call from Seoul, Korea. Think about that. <laughs> think about that. Hold on, no seriously, like think about that. This is why I love this job so much. We could talk Raiders all damn day. We started talking about pet peeves, and Raider Rock in Seoul, Korea had to call in to talk about it. You know what I mean, man? <laughs> yeah, man. He was just, I don't like the ball. I, you know, I don't, I don't like your mom was right. Actually. <laughs> but he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I mean, pens with caps are awful, but he took it to another level. You know, and the way you were looking, when he was describing the way he doesn't use disposable pens, you were looking like you are a snobby dude or you are a, you know, but it's so funny because that's just how, that's how folks are. He mentioned the paper, mate. I'm using one right now. Right. I think I am too. I think I got a Bic. I do. You know what's funny about the pen situation? No joke. Tell us. No, I. Well, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to. When I went to the office over here, because I always carry my own pens. I always had the wife buy me a, a 12 pack of pens because I'm very particular. Well, they ran out of ink, all 12 of them. So I've had them for like a year, right? So they finally ran out. So I was here in the office one day, and I went to uh, Daisy, and I said, "Hey, where's the supply?" you know, box or, or whatever, or, or closet, I need to get a pen. And she said, okay, they're there, right there. So I looked in and I saw this pen right here that I have, this blue Bic pen. And my exact words were, well, it's blue. Oh, well, I guess beggars can't be choosers. And I grabbed two of them and I left, right? Didn't think anything of it. So Daisy goes and tells Danielle, Q didn't like the pens because it, was, it wasn't black, it was blue, which is kind of true, but I, I just... It was just what I said out loud. So Danielle calls me while I'm in a meeting with Natalie, who's my big boss, and says, Q, if you're in the building, can you come see me? And so I'm thinking, oh, you know, I mean, if Danielle calls you. Yeah, it can't be good. Exactly. You know, it's like getting called to the principal's office. What did I forget to do? Right. Exactly. I'm like, first thing I thought was, what did DeMond do now? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. True. I kid. I kid. So I did. I was like, so Natalie said, okay, why don't you go handle that? I said, all right, I will. I go into Danielle's office, and she's on the website where we order supplies from and say, what kind of pens would you like? Oh, I felt so bad. I felt so bad at that moment. At that moment, I knew that it was all bad, right? I mean, I felt bad at that moment because I'm like, oh, man, now I look like a, I look like a, you know, like a pen snob or something. You are. <laughs> what do you mean you look like? <laughs> what are you judging me for? Because you clearly are. Don't be, don't get, don't get like, oh no, it ain't that serious when you get put on the spot, when you get called into the office. (laughs) I didn't know that Daisy was going to go tell her that I, I wanted a different color pen. But with that being said, I got some black pens on the way. I wish that Daisy was still here because I want to hear, how did she tell Danielle? You won't believe what Q said. (laughs) She didn't say it like that. I'm sure. I'm sure she probably said like, you know, we don't have any black pens in there. Well, how do you know that? Well, Q said that, you know, the blue pens, he pointed out the blue pens. I'm just saying. Then he took a deep sigh. I did. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just, because for the last, I used to do this at my old radio station. The lady up front used to always order me a big box of pins. And they were really, they were the clear ones. And they were pretty, they were pretty heavy. They were clear ones. Uh, and I was looking for them on the website that Danielle pulled up. Because I mean, hell, she's going to pull up the website. I might as well 
actually get the ones I want, but I couldn't find them. So there you go. That's what we do. Q, uh, this is from Charlie in Montana on the text line. Q, Charlie in Montana. I call my kids Maine all the time, especially when they irritate me. <laughs> I always call, I used to call uh, both my, my boys, I used to call them boy. And they always used to be like, and my mom called me boy, though. She did that to me all the time. So, you know, I guess in 2022, you probably can't say that anymore. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's always just a, come here, boy. Man, boy, stop acting like that. You know, it's just, that's just kind of what we do. Uh, ooh, here's a good one. This is from the 707. My pet peeve is that all the rugs in my family room have to be straight. They cannot be crooked at all. I probably fix them like 10 times a day. That's a good one. That is like some OCD type stuff. And I'm okay with that too. Mm-hmm. I, hey, OCD, I'm fine with that. The, the wife, she'll always put our laundry up. And she, I mean, look, I try to help out, but a lot of times I'm just not around. But she'll put our laundry up and my white collar shirts will be mixed in with my red collar shirts, which will be mixed in with my gray collar shirts, which will be mixed. And like, I got to go back and be like, oh, I got to have the colors right. So it's always got to be, and they all got to look the same direction. And Sarah, you know, Sarah, she's a lefty. So she puts up, she puts, hangs clothes in the closet backwards. In my opinion, they're backwards. To her, it's the right, the right way. But in my opinion, it's backwards. And so I go, who the hell hung this up? I know who hung it up, but I'm like, <laughs> who the hell hung this up? Why is it backwards? I think I realized after this conversation, I actually have some issues. Yeah, because all the stuff you're talking about, for me, it's it's not a deal breaker. Like, I prefer when I'm eating anything with a spoon, I prefer a smaller spoon. But with ice cream, like, if I just take out, like, a couple of scoops of ice cream in the house, I have to stir for about a good five minutes. I am stirring. What are you stirring? You trying to make cream. a milkshake? Yeah, I am making it until it is as smooth as possible. Yeah, that's And you think I got problems. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Mr. Small Spoon. Who eats with a small spoon, first of all? All all of it. Isn't that uncomfortable? No. I mean, like, seriously, a a small spoon to me feels like it's too light. It has to be a little heavier. No, I I want a smaller spoon. Well, yeah, I mean, you're a smaller guy. I don't, yeah, I mean, I I don't tell you. (laughs) I mean, the jokes write themselves. You know, this is a great conversation, (laughs) by the way. I love this conversation. But nothing like you, where someone's just smacking their lips and you're just. Oh, no, that, that drives me crazy. Got a text here. Blue pens and Raiders HQ, shouldn't they all be silver and black? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably what they are at Raiders HQ, but I was here at the radio station. I mean, hell, I'm not at Raiders HQ that much. <laughs> if I was there as much as it sounds like, man, I ought to get a paycheck. <laughs> is there What day is payday, man? I'll, I'll show up on payday. <laughs> just stand in line. You know when they stand, used to stand in line and hand out checks? I'll just stand in line. <laughs> I want, next week when you have the Raiders roundtable, hey, can I borrow a pen real quick? Right. I want to see. Right. I want for someone to listen and be like, yeah, Q, just for you. I'm actually impressed when I go to Raiders HQ how much stuff is Raiders, you know, like the water is Raiders and everything is just Raider related. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty cool. I'll give them props for that. So every once in a while when I get a chance to take a water bottle home, I do. And, you know, got a bunch of Raider water bottles at the house. But it is what it is. But no, I don't think all the pens there are uh, are all silver and black. But you never know. Maybe you just gave them an idea. Uh, all right. Well, let's take a break. I didn't realize that the pet peeve conversation based off of Josh McDaniel smacking when he talks was going to go 20 minutes, but it did. Thanks, Coach. (laughs) There you go. Sam Gordon, he joins us at 430. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We got Sam Gordon coming up from the RJ at 430. So funny. I had no idea. We know what his first question is going to (laughs) be. I had no idea Pet Peas was going to take over the conversation. 
I do have a couple that I got to pass along because, I mean, we just got so many great texts and there's just been so many great texts, so why not? My man Peg Leg Raider out there in San Antonio said, bro, we all have weird pet peeves. People people that, that don't say the L in wolf or R in library drives me nuts. So basically they say wolf or li- library, library. That drives them nuts. I'm fine with us and ums as filters, but you knows and okays, they mess me up. That's so funny. I think that he gets a lot of those wolf and library from being in Texas. Because that's just such a, you know, like the, the wife will say shoulder and it, swears, it sounds like she says shoulder. So I give her a bad time. I'm like, he showed her what? You know, she'd be like, oh, my shoulder hurts. And I was like, wait, <laughs> he, who, showed, who showed who what? Or else she'll say oil. It'll sound like she says oil. You know, <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? What oil? What oil are you talking about? And so I mess with her all the time. And so sometimes she gets angry at me. I don't like people making fun of Southern accents. I'm not making fun of her. I'm just riding with her. You know what they say? You know, I'm, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. No, nah, no, nah, definitely laughing at her. <laughs> <laughs> just when Wendy said pens, totally agree that everyone has their favorites. I'm a click pen only girl. My dad's business for 25 years was selling office supplies. Your individual pen likes and dislikes keeps a lot of people in business. There you go. See, there you go. I'm the American dream. Exactly, because somebody who orders the office supplies at a certain job then will have to order <laughs> in a certain type of pen because right. one guy complained about the blue pens. And I didn't necessarily complain. <laughs> I just said we didn't have any black pens. Now, nah, this is going to snowball. <laughs> uh, I got a pet peeve that all separate clocks in that house have to turn over to the next minute at the same time. It drives me insane for one clock to say 105 and another says 106. That's awful. I agree with that 100%. Like the microwave and stove can't be different. If there's different, that just like, okay, hold on. And I'm trying to I'm trying to time it. Right? That does that's a good one. That I guess you're a guy that has like four different times in your in your house. No, I just I just never thought about it. It's not it's not gonna ruin my day. You know what? I am the worst at this. Like the car and like the time in my car, mm-hmm. I can just like memorize it. So people be like, hey man, your your clock's off by like mm-hmm. an hour or two. No, I know when I know what time it is. <laughs> that's why you you're know, late. You just change it. That's why you're late. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're late to work sometimes. I used to do that on purpose when I worked at the grocery store. Whenever the clocks change an hour, either forward or backwards, what is it? When it goes, oh, when it was an hour forward, I would just not show up an hour. I show up an hour late and I just say, oh, I did. I forgot to change my, my clock. That's before they, they did it for you. Yeah, I was about to say. That was my built-in excuse. What pre-internet time were you living in? Man, I'm 45, dog. <laughs> they, we didn't always have iPhones that change for you no matter what time zone you're in. Sometimes we actually had to change stuff while we go. Now everything just does it for you automatically. Hell, you're in the in the airplane. It's like, bink, different time. We had to do that manually. You millennials. We also had to dial out on a phone, right? And we had to know how to dial long distance. Half of you cats don't even know how to do that. What do you? I, I, I'll be. I'm gonna be. No jokes. What do you mean by that? Well, most people. Well, most young people only use a cell phone, so they're not really worried about whatever dialing out long distance. You know, if you dial out long distance from a, a regular phone, but you do it all the time because our oh, studio you mean phone. Press one. Yes. Oh. Yeah, we have, or even the area code, right? I mean, because a lot of times people, if there is a num- normal number that they call, they just hit whatever name it is, and they don't worry about it. I had an intern one time who went to Baylor. And she was in the office. She's like, I got to call my mom to come have her pick me up. I was like, all right, cool. So she's sitting at the desk and she's calling and she's calling and she's calling. She's like, it's not going through. And I was like, well, did your mom change her number? I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the problem is. And I looked at her and I go, 
Are you dialing one in the area code? Oh, you have to do that? I was done. I was done. She lost her internship right after that. Done. When you say this in my head, I'm just picturing you. What did they call it? A rotary phone? It wasn't a rotary phone. It was, a, <laughs> I mean, we ain't used rotary phones in years. You big dummy. Well, that's what I'm picturing <laughs> you doing. Well, I got to be the one using a rotary phone. Because you're the one who, hey man, it's only me and you in here right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're closer to the rotary phone era. This is true. Than I am. This is true. You want to get into this Max Crosby sound? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Earlier today in the Raiders locker room after practice, Vinny Bonsignor and some others had an opportunity to catch up with Mad Max Crosby. Here's that conversation. To get back in the swing of things, and uh, guys are flying around today, so it was awesome. What do you mean exactly? Um. You know, it's just the bye week's the bye week. We don't really pick the bye week, but um, it is what it is. You know, we, it was a tough game. Uh, we were very close, but um, we came up a little bit short. But that's the NFL. You know, you got to find ways to win. And uh, no matter what it is, the bye week or whatever, you know, you still got to be ready and uh, get prepared for the next week. How was the energy today coming off of the kickoff? Uh, it was great. You know, I feel like guys were flying around, um, paying attention to details. Um, you know, and it starts up front, and those linebackers talking to us, communicating, and, uh, you know, reciprocating that through the whole defense. And I feel like guys were, were locked in from start to finish. So it was a, it was a good start to the week. Do you change your approach, or how do you kind of approach going after the point? They might just call something Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like ever since I got in the league, that's all people talk about is roughing the passer, you know, because I remember my. I love you too. Uh, <laughs> I just remember my rookie year, like I got a few roughing the passes. I got one on Mahomes. I got one on, I think, Deshaun Watson. That was like the next week and got fined like 50000 or something. So like um, it's crazy. You know, it's as a rusher, you know, you're trying to get home. And it's not easy to get sacked. So like as a rusher, you know, I see guys get sacks taken away for things that they truly like really can't control. Uh, you know, it's obviously it's rough, but it's just a part of the game. You got to try to do your best to, you know, limit things like that. Oh, it wasn't even really like that. You know, it just how the play turned out. I got there, and he, I don't think he really expected me to be there so fast. So I just kind of turned him away and. Obviously, I'm not going to body slam him, so it's like I just turned him away so he can throw the ball, and that was that. But, you know, like the one later, I just fell right on top of him. So it's just that's the tough thing about it is you never know what angle you're going to be coming at, how under control you are, and I don't know why Jermaine. They're, they're asking me about, you know, the rough in the passer. So it just, no, not at all. Like, I'm not thinking about it, but, like, I'm not trying to land directly on somebody because I've done it before. I did one, I had one last year, and, uh, they tried to find me for it, so it's just part of the game. You know, you just got to be conscious of it. There's there's Max Crosby in the Raiders locker room following a practice there. Didn't really get to get all the questions in. You couldn't really hear them as well as we'd like them to, but I think you got the gist of what they were talking about. A lot of the uh, roughing the passer penalties obviously has been something that's a hot and heavy conversation right now across the NFL. Join us on the phone lines. A guy that was in the Raiders locker room is Sam Gordon from the RJ. And Sam, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We appreciate you. And what was the vibe in the Raiders locker room like today? As I, I know you were at Raiders HQ for uh, for practice. Yeah, Hugh, I think, uh, first and foremost, appreciate you having me. I always love coming on the show. Um, I think 
look, the Raiders don't want to be one and four. They know that. Everybody on the team is frustrated about that. Um, we understand that. That's not that wasn't the expectation. But I still thought there was a you know a sense of optimism, a sense of excitement um, amongst Raiders players uh, to to get out there again on Sunday. What they have before them, I mean, take a look at the next six seven games. That that slate is you know it lines up pretty nice to to get some of those wins back starting on Sunday uh, with a game against the Houston Texans, the Houston Texans team obviously rebuilding, transitioning. Um, and trying to figure out what direction they want to take uh, after a, you know a tough couple of years here uh, for the franchise. So yeah, are, are they one and four? Sure, they don't. They don't. That's not what was the expectation. That's not what they want to be. But I think they understand the opportunity uh, that they have in front of them, and, and the focus is on the Houston Texans first and foremost. I think with all the parity in the NFL, um, especially this season, you can't pencil anybody in for a victory at any time. The Raiders learned that the hard way uh, across the first five weeks, but. Uh, it, it feels to like if your season is going to get back on track, this feels like a tailor-made matchup, a tailor-made opponent uh, for the Raiders to beat, to get a little bit of swagger back, get a little bit of confidence, and then see if they can go on a run here. So uh, enthusiasm, uh, excitement, and focus uh, coming out of the bye. I think a, a sorely needed bye. Uh, at this particular juncture. Again, we're talking with Sam Gordon here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, when uh, Derek Carr talked to the media, we were on the air, so we didn't get to hear that conversation, but a lot of comments that I saw about that was he seemed very relaxed. Did you get that kind of vibe and feel from Derek Carr? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's – and, you know, I think he, he's been around the block enough to, to understand that, hey, look, it's five games. Uh, it's a situation that you don't want to be in, but there's still – a lot of football left to be played. And, and I think even going back last year, of course, different coaching staff, different regime, different roster, uh, the, 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 the chances that the Raiders had to make the playoffs at the end of the year were, I mean, slim to none. They essentially right. had to kind of run the table, uh, winning five out of the last six and having to beat some tough teams um, to do so to make the playoffs. So, yeah, relaxation, um, should, I, I think it should be the vibe, right? And just because somebody's relaxed doesn't mean they're unfocused. Right. It, it means this is a veteran quarterback who's seen a lot, who's been around the game a lot, who's seen all kinds of different situations and understands that, look, not all is lost just because they're off to one and four start. It's not the end of the world. Um, and that they have an opportunity uh, to, 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 again, to, to, to right the ship. So um, I think relaxed is an, is an appropriate word. He was very conversational and, and uh, in doing so um, kind of offers you a window, I think, you know, metaphorical as to how the team feels. Um, they, they, they're again, not content, but not panicking because what, what good is that going to do you? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, especially at this juncture. So, um, going into Houston, I think we'll learn a lot. Uh, not necessarily, uh, you know, we know that the Raiders are good enough. They've been in every single game. It's not, a, it's not an issue of talent. But I think we'll see from an execution standpoint how much, how much good um, the bye did them and how much emphasis there has been on fixing some of the, the, the situational mistakes. I think that's where a lot of the issues have been, Q, is situational football. It's not about moving the football up and down with, between the, the 20s. It's, it's scoring when they're inside mm-hmm. the 20 and getting stops when other teams are in the 20. So relax is the right word, and, and we'll see kind of how that uh, progresses throughout the course of the week. Again, we're talking with Sam Gordon here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, with Devontae Adams, as Q said, we were on the air as these guys were up at the podium. What was his demeanor like? Because the last time we seen him, he was so frustrated about that last play of the game. I know he's had their jersey retirement at Fresno State since then, but what was Devontae Adams' demeanor like today? You know, Demond, I actually um, was on my way. I was recording. I was in the media room back recording with Cassie um, when Devontae was talking. But I read a comment from my co- or read a story from my co- from my colleague Adam Hill um, about Devon- you know Devontae's first public comments since the, the, the whole situation, right? And I think um, more or less he just said, you know, you kind of double down on the statement that he made um, at the time and is ready to move forward, and, and, and understandably so. I think 
when you take a look at Devontae Adams, what he's accomplished throughout the course of his career, the consummate professional that he has been throughout his career, this is it was a blip for him, right? It was an unfortunate situation, um, a, a pop, you know, a low point, you know, for him professionally. I think certainly doing that in such a public um, stage, in such a public setting, and, and kind of the you know the, the domino effect. Um, that that's had, but but I think you know all parties kind of want to move on from this as quickly as possible, so it doesn't become uh, a distraction. I think the buy, I think there was good timing with the buy because it kind of let that discourse and let that chatter um, die down a little bit. And you know he's ready. You know from what I've been able to gather, right? And again, mm-hmm. I want to be clear, I wasn't there for his press conference, but he's ready to move forward. And, and this is a again somebody that's been at the highest of levels now um, at the top of his game. You know, one of the best receivers in the league for four, five, six years now. So I have no doubt he's going to be able to kind of compartmentalize and move on. But um, it's, it, again, not, not anything that any of us wanted to see, not anything that he wanted to do. And, you know, the consequences are going to be what they are as the legal system plays out. Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, Foster Morrow, I, I saw he returned to practice today. I already left, but uh, Darren Waller did not. And uh, earlier today, uh, head coach Josh McDaniels, when asked about Darren Waller and Foster, he just basically said yes, and uh, meaning he wanted to get him back, but didn't say that there was any kind of timetable for Darren's return. What was your gut feeling when he said that? Do you expect to see Waller on Sunday? Yeah, I would be surprised. Um, I would be surprised if, if Darren Waller's out there. Again, didn't participate. I did see him um, in the locker room um, after practice. He did seem to be in good spirits, positive spirits. Uh, but, you know, it's a hamstring thing, right? And right. if we recall, Q, uh, that kept him out for a good part of training camp. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, he is a nagging injury, something that you have to be really careful with, that you have to manage. And even though he hasn't been uh, necessarily a big part of the offense this year, I, I mean, there's no, I mean, struggling by, by pretty much every measure. Uh, I, I think the getting him right is the most important thing. If he does, if this hamstring injury is something that's serious, I don't think there's any harm in making sure he's a hundred or, you know, sitting him down for a week or two, getting him ready to go. Because even without him in the Kansas city game on the road in a hostile environment, they were able to move the ball effectively. Yes. He's a, you know, in theory, a big part of your offense is somebody you want to have, but you don't want to have him if he's hobbled, and you don't want this thing to linger or nag or continue to trouble him throughout the rest of the season. I mean, the reality is that it's a hamstring injury, so it might do that just by you know the nature of the injury um, itself. But if you can try and get a handle on it, uh, I think that's the move. And you know, not seeing him um, at practice today uh, you know, would seem to suggest, uh, at, at least at this point, I mean, how much how how much more ready is he going to get in the next couple of days? I think the smart move would be to shut him down for this week to kind of see how things go on Sunday and and then, you know, see how things go in the next week. So I don't I don't get the sense that he's gonna play. Um, but maybe. Now with Foster on the other hand, I, I do think I mean he was a limited participation a limited participant in practice. I do think um, you know, he's closer than Darren uh, than Darren Waller is at this point and, and certainly the Raiders want to have at least one of those guys out there. They had to get, you know, pretty creative in what they were doing um, without him or without those two guys. So if one of the two's out there that's a that's a big step. But uh, I th- I don't think there's any harm in being cautious um, with Waller, especially kind of given where you're at in the season and given the schedule coming up. Um, this is a game on Sunday that they should win, even without him. And if you can get him right for the stretch, I think it only can make your offense that much more potent. I don't think it does a, a whole lot of good having him out there if he's limited. No, I agree 100%. Again, we're talking with Sam Gordon from the RJ here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Sticking with injuries, Nate Hobbs, he's on the IR, but Anthony Averett, he was back at practice today coming off of IR. Uh, how big would that be if Anthony is able to go on Sunday? Yeah, I think it would be massive, and and you know, and, and just kind of catching up with him um, after practice, there was a, a scrum around his locker. Uh, he's excited. I mean, you know, he couldn't. Uh, pretty much every question, you saw the smile um, coming across his face. This is a guy that's ready to play football. 
um, that's been a part of some really good secondaries, that's been a part of some really good teams, and understands uh, kind of what what is in store for him, that what what is going to be required of him if he plays. Uh, of course, Nate Hobbs. I mean, the secondary. Uh, has struggled at times. Nate Hobbs, of course, to stand out in that group, um, played at a really high level uh, as that group looks to find his footing. But again, Anthony Averitt is an accomplished player um, in this league, somebody who's been in a lot of big games, uh, and he seemed um, ready to go. So it's a lift, right? I mean, you're not going to replace Nate Hobbs just with, with, with what he's been able to do, the versatility he's, he showed in his first year and some change, and kind of the way he was able to solidify or had been starting to solidify himself as, dare I say, one of the premier corners. Um, in the NFL through the first five games of the season. So having Avery back is big, uh, but, but having Hobbs is, is going to be hard to replace. I think mm-hmm. one thing that, that we should look for is, is what can the Raiders do um, in terms of a pass rush. I mean, we know what Max Crosby's brought to the table, but there's no, way, there's no better way to help a struggling secondary than to get after the quarterback. I think Chandler Jones, we saw him start to come on late in that Denver game and a little bit against Kansas City as well. So if he can get going opposite Max Crosby, um, if Averitt is able to you know, pick up the level of play and, and, and bring what he was able to bring in Baltimore, um, then you have something there, right? Then you're going to be able to kind of navigate this. Uh, if not, if the pass rush still continues to struggle, then, um, then you know, the secondary probably will as well. So those things tend to work in concert, uh, and getting the pass rush going should help serve uh, the, a secondary that's been banged up and that's, that's struggled this year. We know that the Raiders are going to be without Nate Hobbs. It sounds like that Darren Waller is not going to be playing as well. But for the Raiders, do you think that they need to go out? And I'm not saying dominate the Texans or blow them out, but this needs to be a statement victory for them. Because I said, this can't be a game that the Raiders win on a walk-off field goal. They need to go out there and establish that they are one of the better teams in the league. How important do you think this game is for the Texans, not regardless of getting the win, you know, because they need to do that. But do you think that they need to win in an impressive fashion? Yeah, certainly. Uh, certainly. I, I think I don't think there's any secret, Demond, just about where the Texans are at um, in the NFL, just kind of where they are in terms of the hierarchy. This is the team that, you know, with a third-round pick and quarterback last year, Davis Mills, who, look, he showed some flashes. He can play a little bit. But you're not – No, I don't think anybody's sold on him being the franchise quarterback. You're looking at a team that's probably going to be drafting a quarterback um, next year, and that is just trying to tie things over. I think that they just – fire their general manager, one of their <laughs> yep. high-ranking football executives a couple of days ago. Like, this is a team, more or less, that's in disarray. Now, they have good football players. Uh, they, they have shown some, you know, some signs of having a pulse on defense. Lovey Smith still, I think, a quality defensive coach at this stage of his career. Uh, but there's just not the firepower on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, the Raiders, again, for all their flaws, for all their issues, they have moved the ball reasonably, reasonably well this year. I think they're in the top five or six in scoring, averaging somewhere around 25 points per game. Uh, they went and hung you know, almost a 30 spot on Kansas City or whatever the actual number was. They had no problem moving the ball. So, yeah, if, this is, if, if the Raiders are the team that, you know, even at one and four, I don't think it's been a question of talent, right? It's about putting it together. Um, I don't think against a, team, against a team like Houston, you should be able to put it all together. So uh, if, if this comes down to the wire against the Texans, uh, then, then, there, that, 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 then there's a problem, right? There just is. I, you don't want to overreact week to week, but given that they're already one and four, if you can't come out and look good against, uh, look good against the Texans and have a, you know, a decisive victory, I'm talking two scores plus, um, that, 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 I don't think that bodes well, especially coming out of a bye. Um, so, this, again, this is a team, you know, it feels like the Texans are tailor-made for the Raiders to get their swagger back given some of the issues 
uh, that they, they've had on, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It's a perfect opportunity for the defense to build a little bit of confidence and for the offense to have another complete game, um, similar to the, the the one it put together against Kansas City. That was as good as they played uh, offensively, I think, all year in terms of the run-pass balance. If you can go out and do that again and get after Davis Mills, they should have no problem taking care of a Houston Texas team uh, devoid of firepower and really devoid of direction as they continue their rebuild. Switching gears to the fight game that this past weekend, Uh-oh. there was a lot of big boxing fights. Now, I'm just going to ask you a question about the big three here. Caleb Plant, Devin Haney, Deontay Wilder, who had the more impressive showing? Uh, uh, for me, um, for me, Devon, it would be Caleb Plant, right? Um, it would be Caleb Plant, and because of the fashion in which he dispatched of Anthony Durrell, uh, we know Caleb Plant can move. We know he's a technician in there and that he can box, and that's how he ascended to be a 168-pound world champion. Um, by the IBF. What we hadn't seen is that kind of pop and that kind of power. And with him working with a new trainer, um, Redman, uh, clearly they worked on power and sitting down on punches. And I thought the way he was able to set up that left hook, that, that, that um, check hook, was, was, it was a thing of beauty, you know, going down to the body. It had been a dull fight up to that point, right? Very low action, drawing a lot of booze, but that's one way to get the crowd out of their seats. And, and for, for He was the most impressive for me because given that you know, he'd been um, inactive for, you know, I think 11 months coming after the Canelo fight, still wants to be a player in the 168-pound division. And doing that, knocking out Anthony Durrell in the way that he did shows that, hey, look, maybe he's adding a little bit to his game. He's got some pop that we hadn't seen before, and uh, that sets him up for another big fight at 168. I, I mean, I think the fight we all want to see, um, right, if, if David Benavidez doesn't fight Canelo, David Benavidez and Caleb Plant, that's the fight to make, um, I think, for the Cinco de Mayo fight date. Canelo you know, had, has said after the, the Triple G fight that, you know, he might need to take a year off because he's been dealing with a wrist injury. Well, that fight date opens up, and, and that is an awesome matchup at 168 pounds uh, between probably the second and third best guys in that division right now. So he was awesome. But, you know, let's, let's be clear. De- De- Deontay Wilder did exactly what he needed to do um, in his comeback fight to get his mojo back to show that he's still one of the top dogs in the heavyweight division. And then Devin Haney was, you know, even more impressive against George Cambosis. This time around, I thought he fought clearly with a different mentality, uh, wanting to punish George a little bit more, w- w- going for the stoppage. I think um, that's only going to serve him well in terms of the you know, public perception and, and helping build his fan base that, hey, he can be exciting uh, and he can go out there and administer a hurting and not just box for 12 rounds. He really pushed the issue. Couldn't quite get him out there. Couldn't quite get Cambosis out of there. Uh, but showed that you know, showed some improvement as he continues to develop still only 23 years old. So it was an awesome weekend. Um, all three guys were fantastic in, in their respective showings, but but Taylor Plant I thought stole the show just with 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 I guess you know one of the candidates for knockout of the year. It was a, it was spectacular knockout, a spectacular showing by him, um, and he's going to remain a player in the 168 pound division. There you go. That was a good detail right there on on, on that fight. So I got to ask you, I got to go with the yeah. the the, the, o- the Oakland kid, man, Devin Haney. Uh, he's actually got family <laughs> here in Las Vegas. He's here in Vegas all the time. What's next for Haney? Because he put on a hell of a show as well. Yeah, no, he definitely did, too, and I, I think the fight to make, right, he's got a, you know, I think, believe it was a three-fight deal with top rank, so that gives him one more fight. The first two Cambosis fights uh, fulfill the first two fights on that contract with top rank. I think the fight to make now um, is Vasily Lomachenko, right, uh, who was, you know, as of a couple of years ago, number one on a lot of pound-for-pound lists, three-division world champ, maybe the greatest amateur ever, two, two-time Olympic gold medalist, and still at 34 years old, an absolute um, technician inside those ropes. Now, he, he fights... I think, uh, what is it, October 29th um, in, in New York, uh, more or less a uh, kind of a comeback fight because he was, he's been inactive uh, amidst everything going on in the Ukraine. 
But Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko was a fantastic matchup uh, for Devin Haney's belts at 135 pounds. He's been calling for Lomachenko now for four or five years, um, really since, since he's been in the mix when Lomachenko was number one pound-for-pound guy. Um, and, and based on what we've seen so far from Devin Haney, the improvement we've seen, I, I would favor him in that matchup. He's the bigger fighter. Um, he's the longer fighter. I think we saw more of an offensive arsenal, and you need that kind of arsenal against Loma because he has every punch in the book, and his footwork, the way he's able to create angles and time guys is so impressive. So to me, that is a fantastic matchup. It should be easy to make, both guys being uh, under contract with top rank, and, and that, to me that's you know pay-per-view kind of fight. Uh, ESPN, pay-per-view kind of fight. Uh, for Devin Haney, it would be a, a victory. If, if he were able to beat Lomachenko, uh, it would be a, you know, his, a signature win uh, in his career to date and continue to propel him into the upper echelon the top, you know, towards the top of the pound-for-pound rankings. And for Lomachenko, I think he deserves the opportunity. Let's not forget he was going to be George Cambos' original opponent for the Unified Championship, if not for the, the conflict in the Ukraine. So to me, it feels like those two guys on our collision course has been a long time coming. And when, if and when that fight does happen, would assume it would be sometime early next year. February, March, um, I think it'd be a spectacular matchup in the 135-pound division. I'll tell you what, I love when Devin Haney fights because it's on ESPN and it's free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't know how long it's going to be on ESPN and free, but I enjoy watching Devin Haney. He's a lot of fun. Uh, he's a hell of a fighter at 135 pounds, as you mentioned. Well, Sam, fantastic stuff as always. What do you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, I had the chance to catch up a little bit with Josh Jacobs today, Q, after practice. Um, he's having an awesome year, uh, you know, on track to have a career year in pretty much every metric. So going to have a little something on him uh, for Sunday, and then we'll be out at the, you know, the game, of course, to see yeah. how the Raiders do as they look to get back on track. Uh, the schedule opens up. There's, there's no reason this team can't be 500 or better by the end of November, given how the schedule tightens up. But they're going to have to be better situationally excited to see if they are against Houston on Sunday. There you go. Great stuff, Sam. We definitely appreciate you, my man. We'll talk soon. Sounds good, Q. Appreciate you having me. You guys nope. have a good night. You too, brother. There you go. Sam Gordon, fantastic job uh, covering everything, man, from the, from the fight game to, of course, the Raiders. Does that for the RJ at by Sam Gordon on Twitter is where you can find him. 451 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Close out the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 455 is the time. It's been a fun adventurous show today sometimes these shows they write themselves sometimes you don't realize exactly what direction the show is going to go until it goes there sometimes they're over just like that so <laughs> and that's when you know <laughs> and that's the moment that you knew that q talked too long on the show and demond was telling him he had to go so there's that right there so many thanks to all the guests that we had on the show today uh thanks to Vinny bonsignor for sending over some uh, locker room audio of course we'll have a lot more where all that came from tomorrow as we continue to count down the days so the raiders host the Houston Texans at Allegiant Stadium coming up on Sunday. 105 will be the kickoff. So make sure you're waking up with the morning tailgate. Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, Vinny Bonsignor, they'll be doing their thing from 7 to 10. Then JT the Brick, noon to 2. And of course, myself and Damon will hold it down from 2 to 5. And we'll see what else we get into between now and then. I have a, me- I have a feeling it's probably going to be a lot. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot. I know Lincoln Kennedy will join the show tomorrow for sure. Vinny will be on the show tomorrow as well, and uh, we'll have a lot more to get to. So Raider Nation, appreciate you as always. Thanks for all the feedback. A lot of great times. Enjoy your evening. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.